This podcast is made possible by a generous donation from a listener in Taiwan. I believe in the power of love. I believe that a generation of young people... I believe it deeply and sincerely. I believe in the importance of passing this knowledge I believe that everyone wants to love All of these add up to my belief in the dignity of the individual. I believe in people. This I believe. Only 12 women have won the Nobel Prize for Literature. German novelist and poet Hertha Müller is the most recent, winning last fall. The first was Selma Lagerlöf of Sweden, who won the award in 1909. And almost 30 years later, the Nobel Prize for Literature went to an American woman for the first time, Pearl Buck. Buck is best known for her novel The Good Earth, though she wrote scores of books, and this week's essay in our series This I Believe. Producer Dan Gatterman says although Buck was born in the United States, she had an equally valid claim to China as her homeland. She's born in Hillsborough, West Virginia, grew up on a farm. Her parents were missionaries, uh, Presbyterian missionaries. They go off to China, and she basically lives most of her life in China, although educated in, in the United States. Uh, she becomes the first American woman to be awarded the Nobel Prize in Literature, Prior to that, she wins a Pulitzer Prize. So these are pretty hefty uh, acknowledgments of her abilities as a writer, but never really became, uh, you know, a, a critical favorite, very well respected amongst, you know, literary right. people and in, in the intelligentsia, um, and really sees her writing largely as a means to an end. In, in some respects, she, you know, she comes from this missionary tradition from her parents, and although she took a very different tack in terms of religion and spirituality from her parents and actually became um, kind of outspokenly iconoclastic as it came to Presbyterian uh, religion, but she has sort of this um, missionary zeal to inform the West about the East and really, to my knowledge, is really the first person who really popularized, certainly in America, Anything other than these um, these stereotypes about what uh, what Asian people, especially Chinese people, were you know the inscrutable Chinaman you know or the the coolie that built the the railroads or uh, Charlie Chan or you know I mean we were and and in this book the the Good Earth which was her uh, her big hit as it were presents this this much more sort of accessible human face to day to day Chinese life. Yeah, it also told you about the hills and valleys of life. The characters go from uh, from being rather well off to being destitute, and and it cycles the cycles of life. It goes around and around and around. Uh, the Good Earth was only her second novel, but she ended up writing eighty five novels and short story collections. She was the Joyce Carol Oates of her day. Yeah, and and this sort of was held against her again by the by the powers that be in the literary world that you know. It's better to take five or six years or ten years between novels and have them be big deals. But, you know, she embraced populism in literature, and uh, she wanted to be serialized in mainstream magazines and women's magazines and things like that. She, you know, her goal was to reach everyone. Let's hear the essay of Pearl Buck. I enjoy life because I'm endlessly interested in people and their growth. My interest leads me continually to widen my knowledge of people, and this in turn compels me to believe in the common goodness of mankind. I believe that the normal human heart is born good, that is, it's born sensitive and feeling, eager to be approved and to approve, 
hungry for simple happiness and the chance to live. It neither wishes to be killed nor to kill. If, through circumstances, it is overcome by evil, it never becomes entirely evil. There remain in it elements of good, however recessive, which continue to hold the possibility of restoration. I believe in human beings, but my faith is without sentimentality. I know that in environments of uncertainty, fear, and hunger, the human being is dwarfed and shaped without his being aware of it, just as the plant struggling under a stone does not know its own condition. Only when the stone is removed can it spring up freely into the light. But the power to spring up is inherent, and only death puts an end to it. I feel no need for any other faith than my faith in human beings. Like Confucius of old, I am so absorbed in the wonder of earth and the life upon it that I cannot think of heaven and the angels. I have enough for this life. If there is no other life, then this one has been enough to make it worth being born, myself a human being. With so profound a faith in the human heart and its power to grow toward the light, I find here reason and cause enough for hope and confidence in the future of mankind. The common sense of people will surely prove to them someday that mutual support and cooperation are only sensible for the security and happiness of all. Such faith keeps me continually ready and purposeful with energy to do what one person can toward shaping the environment in which the human being can grow with freedom. This environment, I believe, is based upon the necessity for security and friendship. I take heart in the promising fact that the world contains food supplies sufficient for the entire Earth population. Our knowledge of medical science is already sufficient to improve the health of the whole human race. Our resources and education, if administered on a world scale, can lift the intelligence of the race. All that remains is to discover how to administer, upon a world scale, the benefits which some of us already have. In other words, to return to my simile, the stone must be rolled away. This too can be done, as a sufficient number of human beings come to have faith in themselves and in each other. Not all will have such faith at the same moment, but there is a growing number who have the faith. Half a century ago, no one had thought of world food, world health, world education. Many are thinking today of these things. In the midst of possible world war, of wholesale destruction, I find my only question this. Are there enough people now who believe? Is there time enough left for the wise to act? It is a contest between ignorance and death, or wisdom and life. My faith in humanity stands firm. The essay of writer Pearl Buck, she says she believes that people are inherently good. She says, I feel no need for any other faith than my faith in human beings. Like Confucius of old, I am absorbed in the wonder of earth and the life upon it, and I cannot think of heaven and the angels. I have enough for this life. Yeah, She's not it's, going to get it in the sweet by and by. It's it, all right here. Again, she's a child of missionaries. Um, 
But this essay really, you know, uh, it's kind of an almost atheistic, literally atheistic plea for secular reason. You know, she doesn't necessarily say there isn't a God or there is no afterlife or anything. She just says, I, I don't, it's a non-issue for me mm. because I feel so passionately about people and their possibilities and their innate goodness. And uh, it's this extremely optimistic message. And, you know, we've commented a lot, you know, in the, in the conversations you and I have had about these 1950s, this, I believe, essays, that there's this thread that seems very uniquely mid-20th century American. Even though she was living in China, she seems to have picked up some of this, this notion that, you know, we can do it. We can fix it. We can make it better. Uh, we have the resources, our resources and education, if administered on a world scale, can lift the intelligence of the race. Yeah. Well, it's interesting her emphasis on the goodness of people since she describes herself as solitary, an intellectual loner. I mean, she's not out there mixing it up with people. But apparently, you know, she interacted with them just enough to absorb their innate goodness. And, you know... She didn't have to go out of the house. She had 10 children, nine of whom were adopted. One of her great passions that she was involved with was uh, adoption of children from, from China and, and elsewhere in the, in the East, which, you know, now is, is, is this completely accepted thing. You can go to any grocery store here in Louisville and, and see all sorts of middle-class families with Chinese and Korean, usually daughters, you know, half the kids on on the on the on my kids' soccer team fall into this category. Three or four friends with Chinese children. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but at the time, this was unheard of, and I, I think really you could put at her feet uh, the popularization of of this phenomenon. Well, she was involved in many causes, but insisted uh, she was not a humanitarian, merely a writer. That's right. And her 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 bibliography would support this idea that, uh, you know, where she had time to raise 10 children or do any of this uh, volunteer work uh, and write 85 books, I don't know. Uh, it, it's quite something. She had a fairly long life. She, uh, she died of lung cancer in uh, 1973 in Vermont. On her tombstone, her name is not noted anywhere in English, just in Chinese. And uh, the Chinese accept her as a Chinese writer because she lived there for most of her life, uh, from childhood onward. Even when she wrote books in English, she composed them in Chinese and then translated them into English. So it's very interesting. It's her first language and apparently stayed with her the rest of her life. Writer Pearl Buck, thank you very much. Thank you. Dan Gediman is the executive director of This I Believe, Inc., to order the new CD collection, Edward R. Murrell's This I Believe, Volume 2, to read hundreds of essays from the 1950s, or to sign up for a free podcast, go to thisibelieve.org. Special thanks to producer John Gregory and to WFPL in Louisville. The Bob Edwards Show is produced by Steve Lichtai and Jeffrey Reddick for Sirius XM Satellite Radio. This podcast is a free service of This I Believe, Inc., a nonprofit organization that helps people write and share their most deeply held beliefs. To learn how you can help support this work with your tax-deductible donation, please visit thisibelieve.org support. For This I Believe, I'm Dan Gediman. <laughs>